Today we're going to talk about kind of package progression and really how to create packages. Yeah, and I think the idea here is to drive sales, right? You know, you want your packages to almost work for you and mm -hmm. do sales for you. You're going to say, well, why is this package this amount and this package is this amount if, um, you know, the, if the a la carte item doesn't line up, you know, if it, and, and so they're going to use your packages. They can very easily almost use your packages against you. One of the things I see with film critiques so much is people making films that they don't like because that's what they sold. Yes. And I'm like, they're like, oh, well, the person ordered this. And that's the only way they know to make money is to just make a longer film. Yep. And it's like, that film sucked. Yep. yep. You made us in like, and you were making excuses. Like, well, sorry, my film sucked. I had to make it. It's yeah. like, you yeah. didn't have to make that. Yeah. You're the one who sold that to them. Exactly. Like, you could have just made a good film. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared and I am here with Mr. Jason McCutcheon. What's up, Jason? That um, was a very good intro, Jared. Thank you, it's consistent. It's so, great. Yeah, so, been working um, on it. I'm very good. Um, we had a fun weekend with our team. Um, we got to take them up to Vermont, to the Woodstock Inn, had a cool bonding slash just kind of team vision retreat with everybody, which if you run a studio, I highly encourage you. Treat your team, take them nice places, and more than more importantly, do things that are fun with people. It pays dividends. Yep. So. Uh, realize how old you are by snowboarding as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, realize, uh, that's pretty fun. We're pretty lucky. A lot of people like to shred the gnar on the team, and so Travis learned how to snowboard yesterday, and <laughs> he's, he's not fully broken. Uh, he's broken in, but not fully broken. But he's a young buck. Yeah, he's a young buck. He was in the office on time today, so everything yes. is, uh, is good. So uh, what do we have on tap today, dude? So we were thinking about, like, what, A, again, it's booking season still. I think a lot of people are booking. Hopefully, you're booking. If you're not booking, this will be helpful. If you are booking, hopefully it can help you book a little more. But we were thinking about booking season, one of the most important things, and, you know, as we explore our own business, we're always like tweaking packages, prices, how to sell this stuff. And, and what I've learned over the years is that a lot of times it's not what you're selling, but how you're selling it. Today, we're gonna talk about kind of package progression and really how to create packages. Um, we've talked about it in the past, but it's one of the subjects that I think like, A, we have a constantly evolving understanding of. We made a couple big shifts this year, so we got to learn even more about it. And then I think the market's always evolving and changing, and so it's good to always talk about it. So that's what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, and I think the idea here is to drive sales, right? You know, you want your packages to almost work for you and mm -hmm. do sales for you. Um, people aren't dumb, so they do math pretty easily. Uh, especially when you start working with rich, smart clients. Who just <laughs> um, got their money by understanding money. Yeah, who are lawyers and doctors and yeah, people that just understand how the world works. Um, they're gonna put two and two together. They're gonna say, well, why is this package this amount and this package is this amount if um, you know the, if the a la carte item doesn't line up, you know, if it, and, and so they're gonna use your packages. They can very easily almost use your packages against you. Um, and or so, look at your competitors, yeah. do all those things. Um, so let me start you with a curveball then. So why don't you tell me like some bad packages? Like whether it be ones you've seen, things that you've seen, I, I can think of some in my head like that just don't work. Because I think one of the keys is like one of the, when we do film critiques, Obviously, we don't get to see this as much, but when we do like website critiques on the Wedding Film School live show, which you should check out, coming soon again on YouTube, but we look at these people's websites and there are plenty of times where I look at their packages and I'm like, this package makes no sense. Mm. This, this, this stuff is crazy. What are like some of the big mistakes people make when they're putting their packages together and kind of setting that side up? Sure, I'll um, preface this with like, this is, Opinions, guys, like you put together your packages however you want to. I hope that this is more of just advice, maybe, you know, speaking to some of the things that we've seen. Um, so I think this first one is definitely an opinion for me. I hate when I see people do different hours per package. Like, oh, this is my four hour package, this is my six hour package, this is my eight hour package. This and that's is my like the package. basis too of their price ladder. Right, right, right. That's the first thing that's like gonna be under $2,000, four hours. 
Yeah, I, so I would agree. That that's the first thing, and the reason I say that is essentially people are gonna if they hire you for six hours, they're gonna fill that to the brim with things that they want you to do, um, and. If you're like, hey, I really shoot a lot of B-roll in my films, and they're starting you out with, okay, well, you're going to start with the first look, and then you're going to go, and then you're going to get my sparkler send-off at the end of the night, and you might be like, I hate sparkler send-offs. You're essentially allowing the client to plan your day the way that they would want you to film, um, and obviously, your client's not a filmmaker. They don't know how long these things take, um, so you're kind of taking some creative control out of your own hands, unless you're just someone who's like, I'm going to shoot for 10 hours anyways, and just fill this periphery with you know extra footage the, the reason i hate it too is because i don't think it has a clear value to the customer mm -hmm. like i don't think a client really knows how much coverage they want Fair. i'm the one who knows right and so like i don't like changing things or creating variables or conversations that don't benefit me right and and the bottom line it's a different deliverable than say what your photographer would give uh, the client. So if a photographer is there for six hours, eight hours, 10 hours, that's a different amount of photos. They don't need to take every photo and make one piece of art with all their photos. Right. So it's a different amount of delivery that they're going to be giving to the couple at the end of the day. Whereas for us, you're still going to receive probably the same length film. Yes. And that's, that's maybe another thing um, that I see that I don't like about a lot of people's package progressions is like, Okay, if you go with this package, it's a three to four minute film. If you go with this package, it's a five to seven minute film. If you go with this package, it's a nine to 10 minute film. For me, thinking about different length highlight films, um, that's something that I think would be tough for me to really become proficient in designing three different types of films. You're creating like a different process for every single thing, right. which makes you inefficient which is a pain. There's a couple things there. It's, it's with the client and then it's also logistically with our team and maybe me as the editor. When it comes to the client, they're kind of like, well, I don't know which is better, three to four minutes, five to seven minutes, or nine to 10 minutes. I don't know if necessarily one is better or what, um, but maybe they feel like they're, you know, nine to 10 is ideal, but I don't want to spend $6,000. So now they feel gypped if they have to go with a lower package. Um, so there's that. Or maybe I don't they want to really give know. you $6,000, but they only, they would be just as happy with a five minute film. Yeah. Like yeah. that's my thing is like your, your deliverables should make sense yeah. based on what you want to make. Yes. Uh, so what do I prefer? I do prefer if I'm going to deliver a highlight film, I like to just do one highlight film. In our case, our highlight film is five to six minutes long. You know, we're pretty specific about that. And then if they want a different type of film, that's a totally different name. It's a totally different product. For us, there's enough of a gap between the products. And you can add that most of what we make, you can add to any package. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there's that. And then also on the back end, I, I do think it's harder for, you know, um, proficiency's sake to design a wedding film that's three to four minutes long. What is that? One song and then maybe two song edit and then a four, three yeah. song edit. It's, a pain. It's, it's harder to become really good at one thing as opposed to just becoming really good at one type of edit that you're doing over and over and over again. You know exactly where your timing is falling. I think it allows you to become faster as you an editor. You shoot better, yeah. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you shoot for the you right see, things. Uh, one of the things I see with film critiques so much is people making films that they don't like because that's what they sold. Yes. And I'm like, they're like, oh, well, the person ordered this. And that's the only way they know to make money is to just make a longer film. Yep. Well, and it's like, that film sucked. Yep. Yep. You made us in like, and you were making excuses like, well, sorry, my film sucked. I had to make it. It's yeah. like, you didn't yeah. have to make that. Yeah. You're the one who sold that to them. Exactly. Like, you could have just made a good film. Yeah. And, th and that's probably what I mean by, you know, your packages are working against you yeah. at that point. Like, that's the prime definition. You, but, when there's like, you have four packages and you really only want people to buy one. Yeah. And it's not your top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what, what are some uh, things that you oh, see I in people's two. packages? One is really easy. Okay. I hate crappy names that convey no meaning. And we might have a couple of those, by the way. <laughs> we don't, we don't. Cause I would say something. I don't okay. mean like cool names. I mean like names that don't communicate and, or even worse. And they communicate negative. Mm. Like when people go like their package progression goes like this, bronze, silver, gold, diamond. Crap. And you're like, crappy product. <laughs> so you're telling people you have one crappy product and then it gets better. Yeah. 
that's not how I want to communicate. Mm. I want to communicate that every one of our packages is amazing and they're all good. And, you know, by getting this, you're not cheaping out. You're not some kind of like, I don't want the customer to feel poor. Mm. I don't want them to feel cheated or like missing out. And like some people I know think it's like a sales advantage, like, but I really don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it would bear itself. I bet if you go look at the data, people aren't going like, well, I, d- I kind of view myself as more of a gold person. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to ever settle for less than the gold. I don't think people are making purchases that way. I think it just makes you look dumb yeah. when you criticize yourself to customers. And so bad names that communicate lack of like an like ascending value. Yep. Like this is crap and this is good. I don't like that. Yep. The other thing I don't like is when people cannibalize their entire a la carte menu. Mm. and they're not thoughtful about it. So when you see someone's package progression and it's like they have drone as an a la carte and then that person can get drone in another package that's either way more expensive. And so the, it, it's like, what's the difference between these two packages? Oh, this one has drone. Mm. What about this one? Oh, it doesn't have drone. Can I get it as an a la carte? Yeah, I can. How much is that? 500 bucks. How much more is that package? $2,000. What are you doing? Like that customer's gonna do that math. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't think about it. Like mm-hmm. when you actually like look at your packages, like A, the, the basics I feel are, it should cost a person more money to go straight off the a la carte menu. Mm-hmm. I know you technically could say like, oh, why ever do it? I'm mm-hmm. giving money away. Why would I ever do it? Well, we value, at least in our, in our world, we value quick sales. We value easy sales process. We do want to have a competitive advantage against other people who they might be buying from. So our packages are designed at that, making Mm -hmm. that easy. But when you see someone's pricing and you're like, wow, that person's pricing, it's like they never just took their a la carte menu and did the math next to their package and saw if it made any sense. Mm -hmm. Or like you're basically making it impossible for the person to buy an a la carte item. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, so I don't like that. Bad naming slash... Meaningless, poor communication, and worse, names that insult your bottom packages and make a person feel dumb. And also, I really don't like it when someone's entire a la carte menu is just blown up by their packages and they're not complimenting each other. They're not helping each other. The basics are your a la carte menu should help you sell your packages because they should make your packages look more valuable. Exactly. And they also should give your client options. Yeah. So, so like for us, we use our a la carte menu, like, oh, you want to get the bottom package, the cheapest, lowest price package. That's fine. You can still add all those items from our other package later when you get some more money coming in. We use it as a way to re-engage the customer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and something that I do that I don't think a lot of people take advantage of. And I think a big reason we wanted to have this conversation is talking about post-wedding sales Mm -hmm. and also some pre-wedding sales too. The way that I sell is, you know, if someone buys our lowest package, which is fine. It's actually our most popular package trying to get up to the middle package, but we just switched over packages. So it's going to take a while to build that up. Um, anyhow, most people go with our smallest package. I say, great. You know, and if you ever want to upgrade, you can totally do that. You don't say like you peasant. Well, yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, we can add on, you know, X, Y, and Z before the wedding. If you want to, here are some options. Here's our pricing. Um, you can also upgrade your package at no additional cost before the wedding. But after the wedding, if you want to add on certain items, this is your a la carte menu. Well, this is like an interesting, we'll, I'll take this rabbit trail, but it's re- related to sales, but it's also coverage. I don't know, really know where this fits in, but one of the things I do hate too is when people for no reason cover things totally differently and just make it impossible for them to do these a la carte sales Mm, yeah that's true that's true yeah i I didn't even think about that because we've just we're so ingrained with hey we can do whatever you want in terms of an edit after the wedding day and we can do it a year later we can do it because it's how we cover the event yeah yeah and we have the storage system to be able to do that um but yeah we always cover our events very similarly, um, you know, we have packages that have one videographer. We have packages that have two videographers. Yeah, so that automatically like- means there's a different amount of camera angles that someone is going to be receiving. But we can still do a ceremony at it with two camera angles. Like I'll still and I'll charge people the same amount for a two camera angle as I will for a three camera angle because they made that choice to get a second shooter or not. Um, but they can get a ceremony, you know, uh, uh, edit from two camera angles, wide shot, tight shot. And then, you know, and we sell them all the time, Yep, all the time. People are really happy with them. Um, so, and, and they understand the fact that, Hey, I didn't go with the second shooter. This is what I get. Um, 
And I would say it's really important, A, to be very clear about what your packages are. That the yeah, that might be that, a, a thing, a like third thing I don't like is when the person's un, like, what am I getting? Like, it's a little, the either they like at the bottom of a list somewhere, they kind of mm -hmm. bury the lead, which are like, what are the deliverables? Yeah. It's really focused on coverage. Right. I don't really think people care about coverage. Well, you know, well, that is a big difference with what we do because everything that we do is, you know, we talk about coverage, but coverage is very simple. One shooter, full day, two shooters for full yeah. day. Uh, maybe drone coverage, um, but then most of our a la carte items are edits, right? Are different yes. types of edits, and they yes. can add on. They can decide what they want. Um, but I think it's I think it's important to be very clear when you're talking to the client because then they don't feel like you're you're baiting and switching them. Eventually, if they're like, "Well, we thought we were receiving this when we received the raw footage," they think they're receiving edits when they're receiving the raw footage. But you're like, "No, the raw, the raw footage is an archive. It's different." Having that conversation after the wedding day is a lot harder to have as opposed to up front. Being very clear, being very thorough about what all these things are, um, and having them just understand. You know, hey, if you want to do this later, it's going to cost you more money. Like letting them know that so they can be like, well, maybe we bite the bullet. We just go to the next package now so we can save money. Like they get to make that decision. But you're offering a couple different options to people. Like that's the biggest thing for us is just give people options. I wonder how much of I, I this is a maybe a pet peeve, but I actually don't even know if it's a, I have a suspicion that this is a problem. I have a suspicion that a lot of people are adding things to their packages because they want to have packages and they want to see, they want to have some reason to charge more or less for something mm -hmm. that no one has even asked for, ever asked for. Mm. And like, you'll look at like some, what, what would you say? There? Oh, like I'll see people who have like all these weird types of edits, mm -hmm. you know, and they'll say like, oh, I did it for this person and they loved it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, people of course are going to love more than less, but if a customer came, no one has used that to determine if they're going to buy you versus someone else. Right. So is it really important? Yeah. Why are you like, so you have like four packages and the last two have these weird edits. So he's like, Oh, I have a recap edit and a FOMO edit. Mm -hmm. You're like, why, why do you have both? Okay. And you're like, well, because I need to charge more money. Yeah. I need another package. Yeah. And you're like, you couldn't. And then you look at their base package and it's just loaded with way too much. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so they've killed their progression. There's no way of like, there's a value scale. Mm -hmm. Like if there's a value ladder is what we say. Like, so you need to look at the bottom of your ladder and your top of your ladder. And the person needs to make clear, logical steps yep. every step of the way. And if the beginning starts way too high, you've kind of, not only are you cannibalizing your all carts and, and so all that to say, don't put crap in there that nobody wants just because you want to have a high package. Mm -hmm. I, I like, yeah, I would start backwards if that was you. Yeah, I mean, for years, we just changed things around, but for years, our first package was a raw footage package, which most people do not want. We started them off super simple just so they could get in the door and we could just be like, oh yeah, I had Stop Glove film my wedding, now I have options. We purposely made a package that we didn't want to sell. Yes. Just yes. so that people would see the value in our other packages. Yep. Let's just establish some terminology because I think it's important. I, it just. Our industry is honestly, it's a mess when it comes to terminology. It's different than photography. It's like you get an album. Everyone knows what an album is when you get an album from a photographer, like a physical album. That's actually like the reason why we have book. those two questions, doc edits and raw footage on every message board over and over again, is yeah. that everyone's using the word differently. Yeah. Document it. What the heck is that? Like everyone is all over the place. So let's just get some terminology out there. Can you imagine I if mean, you turned on a documentary on Netflix and it was the type of documentary most wedding filmmakers call. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like someone's 40, wedding ceremony. You're like 45 minutes of an event yeah. uncut. So just because it's a long, it's a documentary. It doesn't make much sense. But anyways, uh, some of the things that I think every, there's some consensus on teaser edit, which mm -hmm. is probably the shortest edit most people will get. Um, there's some social edits that you can do, maybe some vertical yeah, edits. Yeah, there's like a, there's some subcategories within yep. teaser edit. Yep, vertical edits. Uh, teaser edits, I think generally are an edit that are under 60 seconds long. Um, Typically you know, delivered at a faster timeline than your other films. For us, for sure. But Most just people. in terms of what the delivery is, yeah, it's, it's a uh, 45 to 60 seconds for us. I think that's Teases the highlight do. film. Yep. Highlight films, you know, you can find a highlight film anywhere from three to 10 minutes, I think. 
um, usually going to be using a combination of music, uh, cut to clips, but then maybe there is or there isn't um, voiceover from the ceremony and toast. Some people do it differently. All those, I think, fall within a highlight film. Um, I honestly think you could technically do anything where there's montage style, any music video style, yep. any time where you're having extended music sections, yep. technically is a highlight. Yep, yep. We have a product that has a highlight film with speaking, with voiceover, and then another product uh, that we call a highlight film that has no speaking in it. Well, and technically, style. we have a long highlight film for our multi-day coverage. Yep, yep. Um, and then, so doc edit is another thing. Then this is where I think it gets a little bit murky and I'm not going to say what's right or not right because honestly, right. we just, we just started delivering our own doc edit. And for us, our documentary edit is 12 to 16 and minutes it's a long. Highlight film, though. I would say anything 10 to like 10 minutes to an hour is, would probably be considered like a doc edit. But most people, Jared, when they say doc edit, what they mean is event edit. Yeah, like most, and I would say that's wrong. That's wrong. I would say in my that's opinion, wrong. if you say like, oh, I, you can do doc edits, and I go, what's a doc edit? And it's like, oh, just a multicam of a ceremony. Yeah, it's like that's an event edit to me. Like yes. that's just a multicam edit. So, it's definitely clearer to the customer, and that's what I think. Why it's so important to get this terminology right is because when a customer hears doc edit they don't think about anything. They think about a documentary on Netflix and we're not doing any of that. So what's the point of even using a term like that? I guess like even for us, like I don't even know if I like the term documentary edit, but I don't mind it with us because we're, ex we're explaining to them the type of coverage we need to make the film, which right. is multi-day coverage. Right. Right. Um, but I definitely don't think a documentary edit is an edited ceremony. When you tell someone, Hey, you're going to get an edited ceremony. They generally, I think, know what you mean. But if you say, oh, you're going to get a doc edit of your ceremony, I don't think that's very clear. So that, that's maybe my main beef with it. Call it I whatever you will, but I will say it's a lot more clear to call it an event edit as opposed to a doc edit. Yeah, whatever it is, I call them multicam edits. Yes. yes. A multicam edit is a event with multiple camera angles of coverage. There, of course, you can sell single cam event coverage, but sure. in general, I don't think that's the norm. Most of yeah. us are doing at least two cameras, probably three, yeah. delivering full ceremonies, speeches, dances, all that junk. Yeah. Many of you call it documentary edits. I think you're wrong, but you can call it that. So let's talk about some options for off an a la carte menu, because yep. I think we're about to go into it a little bit. Uh, first off, raw footage is something that a lot of people will sell as yep, an a la carte footage. item. Second, videographer is an option that a lot of people will sell. Maybe even a third. Maybe even a third if you're, you know, crazy. Um, no, I'm playing. Uh, drone, another a la carte potential. Uh, rehearsal, dinner. Well, um, and here, what's and interesting about drone coverage. is, of course, a lot of people include drone. Sure, sure. You know, so every one of these things, as you're as we're going down this list, some of you might go like, oh, I don't do that as a la carte, I include it. Sure. You might want to keep including it as competitive advantage. You might want to sell it later. I'm just saying these are all items that people can buy off an a la carte menu. It's yeah, not necessarily, sure. like, so you can include it. We include some of these things as a part of our packages, complimentary, and then we decide to do, uh, have them on the so, a la carte menu for so other reasons. So say that last one again. The last one is rehearsal dinner coverage. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I would just say rehearsal coverage because it's not just the dinner. Sometimes we'll show up and we'll shoot a, a portrait session with the bride and groom within that three hours. For us, that's three hours. Uh, but I think there's a, you do what's right for you. Rehearsal coverage. Um, I mean, you could even say additional coverage. Yep. Well, uh, ad additional coverage is something else I had on the list. Usually that hours. I think applies to the day of the wedding. Um, when they have like a crazy sparkler send off at midnight or yep. an after party or something that where you're like, well, if you're yep. going to make me stay here until 2 a.m., I got to get money. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, different delivery options, like physical delivery options. Some people will be like, well, if you buy a hard drive from me, I will send it to you for an additional $300. Or a video book or yeah. like MediaZilla as like a digital display. People sell those. There's all kinds of yep. ways to skin that cat, but. Yep. Delivery type options. Uh, I put film delivery, Super 8, 60 film millimeter, coverage. some extra like actual film that can be delivered. Um, and so, yeah. You could do like a lot of stuff. If you like, if I lived in coastal Florida, yep. I might be, or in the islands, I might be like, oh, you want underwater camera? Yep. Like 
you it really comes down to like a lot of people do a video booth now mm-hmm. like like set up like a backdrop and set up a camera so people can talk to the camera that's also some an people used to item. do same day edits your psycho sure. if you do that sure. but, but you can do that put it in there why not it's a way that you can make money if you can do it right yeah the ultimate thing is what we're trying to say is this first of all there are some standard things and that's just so we have shared language and yep. that's important so we all know what we're talking about the actual way to think about this and hopefully what you're hearing us say is like what matters is what people want and understand when it comes to your packages you're trying to understand what people want and what they understand you're not trying to just invent new things to sell mm-hmm. you're trying to invent things that people want and understand so like we know we can sell there's a lot of reasons let's talk about drone we sell drone as an a la carte we do that because um, you're greedy, Jason. Because we're greedy. <laughs> no, um, because it should be standard, don't you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would also say with the drone, because I see that people say that uh, people always also sell 4K footage, like a 4K upgrade, which gets a lot of videographers really mad. <laughs> we don't do that personally. Well, we but, sometimes have. I mean, I mean, why not? Who cares? I don't care what someone decides to sell if they're making money on it. Um, but the reason we do it is because people will buy it. Yeah. Like we made, I, we, I did the math yesterday. We made 20 grand on just upgrading drone. Right. Like, and it was easy. And the real reason we do it is because we want to build a higher, um, third part, like not just third party, our guys, but we have some people who that's all they do is drone Yeah. and drone contractors, not every person who films weddings for us is licensed. Yep. And so it allows us to um sell it we yep. can't physically and i don't want to have to buy eight drones yep so we have some issues that we have that of course not everyone has but the other thing about it is people are willing to pay for it mm-hmm. and we've seen it so that's why we do it we do it because our business it works for our business yep. and we know our customers are willing to buy it yeah. and so when your business i don't know what that thing is yeah you know like this is this is what i would say there is is if you're going to include these things, you should be including it in your overall cost and understand like, okay, if I wasn't including drone, I would be charging $250 less because then, you know, as you're building your business and potentially doing more, um, the numbers line up, right? Every time you buy hardware and add a person or a process, it should have a cost associated in your own business. Yes. If I'm buying another camera in order to do it, people go like this. Well, I already have the drone, so I might as well include it. Yeah. Just and I would say with drones specifically, and I don't want to go down a path on just drone, I guess, but like, um, I, I think it's let's just say you weren't able to film drone on a wedding because you're going to be in a different area and the sun is going down. You're going to be doing sunset down by the beach, and they want drone of the venue at sunset. And it was, maybe it's been raining, maybe weather is an issue and you only have the small window and you weren't able to fly. So you're like, ah, I'm, I'm going to hire a drone operator to do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm able to stay within the limits of my contract. I'm not failing to uphold what I said I was going to do. Cause you promised I'm going to get, now you're drone. just out of pocket, yeah. you know? And so that has to have a cost because either you're doing it, which you might be like, oh, I'm doing it for free. Um, why it, it's going to cost you. There is eventually. no free is yeah. my point. Like exactly. Anything you're you. doing that costs you money. And then, I mean, last thing I checked, nobody's giving drones out. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so let's talk about, um, kind of some theories around this. Um, and we'll use our own packages, probably our old school ones, because I feel like they were much more fleshed out. Okay. Sure. Um, we used to have this package. We had raw footage. And this was designed basically to do two things. A, to prop up our previous, our like other packages. B, to let us say we had a starting price that was lower, so made sales easier. And C, it allowed us to sell more highlight films for a different price, higher price. Yeah. So ultimately, like you actually potentially made more money on these packages. Yeah. It gave like our clients like a lower barrier to entry and they could add it later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was on the theory of no one likes to buy your bottom package because they feel cheap or poor, especially like with our tier. Like, I, I, I don't think people like being like, oh, we bought their bottom package. Like, it just doesn't sit right for a lot of people. Um, 
And so that was some of it. I think it is just getting people into the door and, and giving them options later. Um, a lot of people don't even know what they want until the wedding day comes and they're like, oh, the best man speech, um, he actually wasn't shit-faced all day. His speech was actually Plenty really nice. Plenty of people would buy a raw we, footage too and be like, even if you explain it 20 million times, they yeah. still didn't know what they bought. Right, right. Um, and it just gives you, like I said before, almost like 90% of people who order that raw footage package end up ordering edits I later. I think the number was actually 80%. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, so it was high. It was so, high. Um, and, and we would have that conversation when mm-hmm. they said, like, oh, raw footage, we'd be like, oh, you can buy that and then you can get the edits later. Mm-hmm. So many of them were planning on doing that, but we wanted to have that ability. Yep. The, we, we're kind of rare. And I would just say this is the caveat with that is that, you know, a lot of people would hate a raw footage package because it just limits how much they're making because they're the only person who can shoot They're They're going to be there themselves shooting this raw footage package. They're like, why would I want to do that when, you know, I want to sell this higher. By no means are we recommending these packages. For us, it was different because we have a team of shooters that we're looking to fill their whole schedule up. And so it's like, yeah, we'll send, you know, one of the, one of our guys to go film guys or girls. Um, to go film and um, it was re- really easy for us to fill people's yeah, schedules. Yeah, we're just trying to talk through the logic yep. and the thinking. So, so the base package was something designed to make the middle package more appealing mm-hmm. and to add more value to it. So if a person got raw footage and then got an edit, it cost more money than the middle package, which we called the recap. The recap was basically one cam op, one assistant, no second shooter, no drone, five to seven minute highlight film. Mm-hmm. That and 10 hours of coverage, and that was it. Before we switched over, that package was about 1250 more than the raw footage package. And then if someone ordered off the a la carte menu, they would be paying 1500 later on for the yeah, edit. So they would save a little money, and so a lot of people would just kind of... They would just be like, well, it makes sense. We save money if we buy now. Let's just do that. So yeah. again, you're for, without saying anything to the couple, you're selling, right? You're doing yes. sales. Being like, well, they're making this decision for themselves because they're not stupid. And I think that's um, the main thing is like people in their packaging, they just treat people like they're dumb. Like they don't know. Or they just use language that is not valuable. Exactly. Like they'll say something like, you got to be clear. Beautiful 4K coverage. Respect. Yeah. And you're like, that person doesn't care. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the top package was the highlight film plus all the quote unquote doc edits, but we call them linear edits, all the linear event edits. So they would get a ceremony up to a certain amount of speeches and then their dances. And we would include cake cutting often, not always if it didn't have it. If they did or didn't do it. But also now we're more clear, we actually don't include cake cutting anymore. But. Um, and so, then also a second videographer. Yeah, I would include the second videographer for the top package yep. because we prefer that if we're going to have to do multi-cam edits. Yep. So. And that was it. That was it. Those are our packages. That was all we sold. Here's the deal, though. It made very clear to them when they saw the a la carte menu. Oh, I'm not getting this. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting this. Oh, we did include a teaser mm-hmm. in our top package. In before. our top package. Oh, and, and also you didn't mention it. Uh, we do include raw footage. Oh, we include raw footage in all all of our packages. So this is interesting because we're going to get into a la carte items and a la carte edits. I think a lot of people would be like, well, you give away raw footage. You could make a thousand dollars. You could make a thousand dollars editing. And I would say we do both. We give away the raw footage and we use it as a sales tactic, giving away the raw footage. But then how much money do we make on a la carte items last year? A la carte edits Um, specifically. A la carte so, well, just all the cart everything, I think accounted for like 120 grand yeah. of sales. Um, so whatever that is. So it's safe to say it sells. <laughs> like, the bottom line is, is like, I don't care about making every last dollar off every person. Like, I don't think that's a good business plan. Like the amount of work and effort it takes. What I'm thinking about is like, can we shorten the sales cycle? Can we make it easier for a person to make a purchase? while also not losing my shirt mm-hmm. and not putting myself in bad positions, um, making profit, all the good things. I think if you try to make the most possible money off every single sale, you're going to end up just either, yeah, a couple, you're going to hit a few home runs, mm-hmm. but you're also going to like waste a lot of time. And we really were like, how do we make this efficient, lean and mean? Like you've had five phone calls today, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty normal for us. Yeah. That is how we sell. Yeah. 
Um, and so that's kind of why we structured it. Another thought with raw footage, um, well, two thoughts. One is we did what we just said. We built in that cost. We're mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, this, this is something that I would probably, in the package, I would probably say it's around $250 worth of value. But if I was going to sell it separately, maybe it would be like $500. Let's just factor it into our pricing and make it happen. I, I think with raw footage. I would sell it for 1000 Jared. A lot of people, when it comes to raw footage, they're going to watch it they're gonna be super frustrated with it. That's a good thing for me, because it's like, well, I gave it to you for free. Of course you're gonna be frustrated with it, we didn't edit it. So they look at it and they go, well, we want an edit of our ceremony now. They wouldn't have done that if they hadn't have been frustrated well, with that Well, a lot front. of people go like, and this is, by all means, sell raw footage. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not recommending it, I don't have an opinion on it. All I know is if I was in your market and I saw that you were selling it, I would use that against you on my phone call with the client. Yeah. Well, it's included in my package. Oh, oh, that person's selling it. And to especially oh. the people that don't don't offer it at all. I mean, that's a very Minority 2015 take. Yeah. Like, I'm not even gonna sell my raw footage. Why would I want to show them my mistakes? And to me, it's a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's a little bit fraudulent <laughs> because, like, look on movies, they shoot bad footage. Like, you're pretending like. You, someone's gonna be upset with you because you're if you're talking delivering smack about clients footage. while the camera's yes. rolling, you're just unprofessional. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that—that's what I would say too. Is like we've oh, yeah. shot a thousand over a thousand weddings, and we have never said anything negative about the bride and groom or anyone on camera. That's and come back did, to bite us. And if we did, they never caught it. And, yeah, and if we did, they never caught it. So. Uh, I don't know necessarily. I haven't I, gone through every single waking what second. The, but the data will be. Yep. We have a pretty good sample size, and we're telling you, no one is going to watch your raw footage. We made it, then, guys. We're and here. And say like, oh, this person's a bad shooter. You know what? They're also never going to do with your raw footage. Watch Edit it. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you know, I've actually had a couple people over the years they who are say like, they're gonna. Well, I, I've had a couple people who are like, I'm going to edit because I took a class in college or whatever, and, or I know some, my cousin or something. Okay, great. They have a whack at it. They go, I really suck at this. I'm just gonna hire you to do it. Uh -huh. Oh, great. Well, I'm here to, you know, I had one guy edit it. Oh, I've never seen that film. It wasn't great, but he was happy with it. He was proud of himself. And I was like, great, like whatever. I, I, I showed it to you, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he did it, and it wasn't very good, but I, I gave him some pointers and, and same guy, actually, because I gave him some pointers on how to make a better edit with it. Um, just going out of my way, encouraging him, because I thought it was awesome. It was the first time it had ever happened to us. And um, his company hired us to do some medical data video for mm -hmm. them. <laughs> like, gave us probably 10 to 12 grand later on. So, hey, it made me money in some way. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, this idea of, like, we're not the people who are gonna tell you to try to make every last dollar of every person. That's made me a difference between Jared and I. Jared and I are always thinking through, um, there's always like that give and take mm -hmm. with every, every time I push, 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 I'm giving something up. So we're always trying to figure that out and like negotiate how do we make it easy for the client, easy for us, simple. So our old school way was very, very, very simple. It was very obvious why the packages progressed Oh, I don't even get an edit here. Oh, I get an extra shooter and these other cuts. Oh, that's great. This is the kitchen sink and this is the bare bones. Yep. And oh, and if I was gonna add all this off the a la carte menu, it would cost me an extra 1500. Yeah, oh, I'm saving money. Saving oh, money. Like all the value was right apparent to the client. They could see it. They could actually do it themselves. Many did, by the way, mm -hmm. and still do today. Um, our current pricing is kind of similar, except we added them we got rid of raw footage and added a multi-day package mm -hmm. instead. We got rid of the teaser for our one of our packages, but basically the same. Yep. Um, so the other thing that it made our packages very strong and our sales very strong is the a la carte's were compelling. There were things that people wanted but didn't demand. Mm -hmm. So like anything that like I need to seal the deal that helps me seal the deal is going. I'm going to try to include mm -hmm. at least in one of my packages. So if a person really wants it, but the things that are like, some people don't care about at all. Mm -hmm. Some people don't care about drone at all. Yeah. Like why bother doing it? Yeah. Why add the risk? Yeah. Like it's an, it's an extra time on the day of the wedding. It's an extra camera of editing. So like it adds, it's not free for you yeah. to shoot drone footage. Yeah. So we only, everything 
that's on the a la carte though, someone really wants. Mm -hmm. so, so let's just kind of real world example this idea because our packages were strong because we were able to take our a la carte menu and use it in a lot of ways. It added value to our packages, it showed the value of them, but it also gave us something to sell later mm -hmm. and make more money off of that client. And so, of course, we would sell second shooters in the initial sales process. That's where a lot of people end. They go like, oh, I'm gonna sit down with you and do sales, and once I'm done with sales, I'm done. That's not how we think. So like second shooter is a good example. We sell second shooter at the beginning, mm -hmm. right? But oftentimes, we add second shooter later. Mm -hmm. How does that work out? So I think it does start with the consultation before we actually get into kind of later. I think it starts with a consultation like, um, I'll usually mention to people like the value, like I, I usually tell them three values of a second shooter in my initial consultation. Cause a lot of people ask about it. Um, you know, I usually ask like, this? well, yeah, do uh, people will ask me, do we need a second shooter? Like we see that this package has one videographer. Do, one we, do we need two? Um, these other people are offering two with every package. And I say, well, you know, we wanted to cut costs and, and pass that savings on to you. So we have this one package. I really don't think you need a second videographer if this, 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 and this, you know, if you are getting ready in two different areas, you know, a second shooter. Yeah. You've be already grateful. kind of outlined why and when they want. One. If you want additional camera angles during your ceremony, toast dances, uh, so you can see your groom's reaction to the bride walking down the aisle, then you might want a second shooter. If you didn't do a first look and if you're taking all your photos after the ceremony, um, then you might want a second shooter. So you can have someone with you. You can have someone getting and at that point, you're details. typically driving them to the top package or yeah. something like that. And so that. I'm just telling them, you know, this is what it is in the consultation. And let's just say they didn't order it, but then now they know the difference, um, leading up to the day, the, um, we'll have a consultation beforehand and I'll say like, okay, where, where are you guys getting ready? And they haven't gotten a second videographer. They're like, oh, we're at this one hotel. And then the guys are at the, this Airbnb. How can we, and they're like, well, can we cover the groomsmen? Ah, oh, no, that's going to be too tough. You know, like the, it's too tight. We get here. We're going to have time to film this, this, and this. Otherwise we're going over at the end of the night. If we are, you know, arriving earlier in the day to go back and forth. Yeah. We can't be two places at once. The groom is going to have to get ready way earlier than he wants to be. So I'm like, just going through how it doesn't work. Um, and, and making it sound really inconvenient, not for me, for them. It's actually inconvenient because the guys are going to have to get ready two hours before. Or they're, they're going to have to follow our schedule, not their own. That's silly. And so um, then I'm telling them on it, you know, hey, well, we can send a second videographer. That's what I would probably recommend. If you really want to see this, that's what I would recommend. And in their mind, it's totally fair because I've already had that conversation with them. They knew about it and they're like, okay, let's just do this second shooter. I think it totally makes sense. And I'm like, great. It's going to give you like tons of options afterwards. You can get better angles for your ceremony edit if you wanted to do that later on. And then I'm already talking about the next sale to them too. So like, it's always like, Hey, these are your options. We just want you to have options. So like, if you ever did decide to do this, you're just planting seeds, man, over and over and over planting seeds, planting seeds. If you did want a ceremony edit later down the line and then, okay, let's go with the second shooter. We get to the wedding day, second shooter, we shoot really great. And then they come back, they get their raw footage and they're like, ah, oh, man, do we need a ceremony edit? We got the second shooter just so, you know, we have the coverage for it. They're just equipped to be able to make the purchase that I the want. The customer to make. has all the information. Yeah. The other thing is what, and we didn't even really, I don't think a lot of people do this. We do sales calls and then we do a secondary, like more of a, it's more of like a production call. We call it the creative treatment. Yeah. Basically we hand them this pre-wedding um, survey. You don't think a lot of people do that? No, I think a lot of people like are kind of casually texting people and it's organically happening. Mm. We have like a set phone call that we have with every person, right. all of our shooters. Yeah. So if the person you're, who's if you're be one on of site. our, if you're one of our shooters for yeah. our team, we give you the reins and every one of them knows how to upsell a couple things. Like you had mentioned, like they know what are the trigger words to let them know this person really needs a second shooter. You mentioned a couple. And this is, I think, important for you. Almost having a script in your mind of how to all sell these additional items. Mm -hmm. If a person says to me, um, and you gotta, and I think it starts, by the way, with putting the onus on the customer to buy what they want and not on you to find some magic way of covering it. Mm -hmm. Like making clear to them, like, oh, I can't do that. I can do this. And I've seen people like, oh, 
Like, how do you cover the groom's face? I'm solo shooting. And they're going like whipping around, shooting all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. I just tell people like, oh, I don't turn around. Yeah. I, I just stay on the bride the whole time. Yep. Oh, you want that? Oh, I really do. It's really important. Like several times, if, that's a trigger to me. If a bride says, I really want this specific shot, I say, hey, we need a second shooter. Yeah. yeah. Anytime they want to get ready really far away, yep. I say, oh, you have to have a second shooter. Yep. Like knowing when to sell this stuff in a way that makes the person feel like you're listening mm -hmm. and you're having empathy for their problem and you're solving it. Yep. And then two, two good things happen out of that. I might make some more money or that person is not going to ever tell me, why didn't you cover that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, so not only am I selling, but I'm making the experience more enriching to the customer. Mm -hmm. They feel like they chose yes. to not have their groom's face covered. Not that I made a decision without speaking to them. Right. We don't really have those kind of issues. We often, never do. Unless um, the person is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Create clarity. Right. And, that, and that's what an a la carte will allow you to do. Like, that's oh, what's you're, fair. You're not going to get this. You're going to get this. You're going to get yep. this. Like, um, oh, I really, how quickly are you going to have this? If I hear a bride like talking a lot about when am I going to get my delivery, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, you know what sounds great for you since you really want something quick? How about we sell you a, a teaser edit? Mm -hmm. Maybe we just give it to them to secure a, a higher package mm -hmm. or something like that. Like. I'm not saying this is all about making money. It's about selling, getting bookings, but like getting leverage in a sales negotiation so mm -hmm. that you have the control and that you have the power and that you're not just reacting to the whims and fancies of uneducated customers who don't even know video. Yeah. And I would say in general, a lot of people's packages don't let them either explain things to their customers that they need to. So like we view our packages as like, not only are they, things that will help us make money packages and a la carte, but they explain to a customer what they're getting. And they, like you said, a lot of them have already done the math. Mm -hmm. And so we, because it's all well formulated and easily explained and we don't have weird stuff that they don't get, we don't say gold package or deluxe coverage or things that are just subjective and don't have a meaning. Mm -hmm. And then we're consistent with how we talk to the customer about what we say. Yeah. We don't have all these confusion issues. Yeah. I, I want to talk about three specific um, a la carte items. Okay, uh, let's, three, let's three jump into too. the a la carte. Well, we've been talking through a few. We've talked about drone. We've talked about second shooters. We've talked about raw footage. If you don't know what an a la carte is, by the way, what we mean is something. It's French. It's a French word. That's I don't all know. I, actually, I don't know what it means, actually. I think <laughs> so, it just means like by in itself. The okay. <laughs> like it means like basically like you can add it to the cart. Yeah. Like yeah. it. <laughs> we literally we should have looked like, that before we started. The... What does that mean? <laughs> look but, it up right now. Okay, let's look it up. I'm gonna talk about. Um, let me talk about additional coverage because I think this is interesting and I think this is a good place where, say, you're experimenting with a la carte items, um, where you can start is um, the amount of hours that you're covering day of. Um, if you're doing a five hour, a six hour, seven hour, an eight hour package. Stop that. Just do, you know, do a range. I, we do a range. We tell people uh, for one company, it's six to eight hours. For another company, it's six to 10 hours of coverage. Um, why do we do that? I tell people it's a range because then if they actually want seven hours, they aren't like, well, can we take off three hours and they're subtracting it? It's just a way that I can say, no, it's a range. So if it's six hours, it's the same price as if it's 10 hours. So that kind of cuts down on that kind of confusion. Oh, I hate even those better. conversations. Okay. okay, I'm gonna tell you what it a is. A la carte. A la carte means buy the card, which means you get a, a list of items and they click, they order buy the card. Okay, oh, okay, yes. cool. So um, anyway. Uh, now, when it comes to additional hours of coverage, one of the reasons why we offer six to eight hours of coverage under our Merriment brand is because I know eight hours is really running up against most people's days. Like eight hours is almost not enough, but it's what most photographers do. And most photographers add an additional hour at the end of the night. Almost like, I would say 75, 80% of photographers are like, yeah, I'm gonna stay an extra hour. And they're just, it's an easy way to sell an extra $200 for like 
just staying an extra hour or 200, 300, whatever you decide. By to the charge. way, we might decide to do this for all our packages for all we know. Sure. We're always experimenting with this stuff. The reason why we do two different things is because uh, 10 hours is it's just a way for me to differentiate the brands when I'm talking to a yes. bride. Um, so that's why we do it personally. But I would say six to eight hours of coverage is a great place to start for all of your packages. Um, and it's a way that you can sell an extra $200 on like 75% of your packages easily. Like just do that. Um, and that's an easy way to make a little bit more money. And that's what this whole conversation is about. Easy ways to have people upgrade. Um, and they can do that day of, they can do that beforehand, staying true to like, Hey, this is going to be an extra hour. It's of the language of sales, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just like, how can I make you understand the value of what you're buying and make it easy for you? Mm -hmm. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is, um, the rehearsal coverage the day before, um, we tell people, Hey, this is going to be three hours of coverage. Now I just mentioned an additional hour of coverage for us is 200, maybe like $250 an hour. Um, depending on the brand for rehearsal coverage, we're charging 1500. Like why, why would we charge $500 an hour for three hours of coverage when the next day we're only charging $200 an hour? I have a reason. Yeah. I want to know what it is. Cause I know, um, you know, what because they are going to possibly get, first of all, the amount of content you're capturing at that is going to significantly change your edit. So you're going to have to go through all those boring speeches, mm -hmm. an extra hour of coverage at a wedding. Doesn't mean that. Yeah. It means like I could just have to stay and shoot five minutes at the end of the hour. So it's not actually adding all this post-production and all that work mm -hmm. versus multi-cam coverage at a rehearsal dinner that I have to be hooking into an audio. It, it's, it's much more rigorous coverage and it adds a lot more to post-production. So we kind of just wrap that in and assume it's going to add. I, I was going to say a lot of people who are shooting a rehearsal say it's on a Friday. That now means you can't shoot on Friday. That too. So if you take that booking on a Friday, you have to charge more because that's essentially cutting out your entire Yeah, the extra Friday. hour of coverage, you're already there. Or it's the worst when it's a Sunday wedding and they want you to do rehearsal dinner on Saturday night. I'll even say no to those a lot of times because I'm just like, I don't want to lose the opportunity cost. That's, when we, that's what we mean when we say opportunity cost. Like if someone wants a rehearsal covered on like the day before and wedding. that's a great reason for a la carte, by the way. Yeah. I personally, like when you can have things that are a la carte, it allows you to control where you are and what you're selling. And, and you can say like, oh, I can't do that right now. And if it's all in your package, you just have to do it. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's end on, um, edited events and, and kind of how we break things down. Cause there are a couple things here that I th I've seen as like sales tactics. Yeah, that this I think is the hidden really money, well. by the way, yeah. that everyone can make money on and they this, don't. This is probably 75 to 80% of our a la carte sales is, is this type of edited ceremony, toast dances. We try our very best to not include any of these edits in anything but our top package mm -hmm. because we know people will buy them. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I see with people who are like, I'm averaging $6,000 per sale. And I'm like, and I look at what they're giving and it's like, well, if I was giving them that, it would be a lot more mm -hmm. because they're offering so much Yeah, and people will pay extra for these things. And the biggest thing is they will pay later. Mm -hmm. Like they can hear the speech and decide they wanted it. Yes, exactly. That That's what I'm saying. Like when, someone is booking, they might be like, well, I know the best man and I know he's going to be shit faced by the afternoon time before the ceremony even starts. His speech is going to be garbage, but then he, they might come to the part where he's speaking and he's crying. He's giving actually like, <laughs> he actually hasn't drank a lot because the, the groom was like, Hey man, can you just do me a solid and like be there? And then he does. And like, that's awesome. Like he gives this really heartfelt speech. And then the bride is like, we need that. Like we're like, we love this person or like whatever, whatever happens like years later, like people like, don't know how they're going to feel on their wedding day about the things that happen until it happens. Yeah, Someone could die. Like yeah. dad could die. He just I gave have a one speech. right now that I'm delivering the dad died. Yeah. It was, uh, let's say we did it two years ago. Yeah. When the bride reached out yep. and said, Oh, my dad passed. I really want his speeches. Yeah. There you go. Extra sales. And we shot it in a way. And I would also say with all of this, I mean, is it almost like a prerequisite that you should be holding on to your footage for as long as possible? Like whether it's on a good hard drive, I would even say just put it on. I mean, the you cloud. could just do math and determine the cost of the storage versus the potential money it could make you. 
You're just throwing money away. It's worth it. No matter what you're charging, <laughs> it's like There's it's enough, worth it. Like, You'll make the money back tenfold. archival options on, on the internet yeah. that you can store it for pretty cheap. Yeah. And also, it's also a competitive advantage against you if you're not, because someone like me will be like, I have all my weddings going back to 2011. Oh, they don't? Oh, they, they don't have it? Oh, oh. Huh. I wonder how hard of a decision this is for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so... The other thing I was going to say with these edited events is we do separate them as um, all different events. So if someone wants a speech of their best man, that is one speech. That is a certain cost. If they want a speech of their maid of honor, that is another cost. If they want all three, three times whatever the cost is of an individual speech. So I'm not doing just like speeches toast for a set amount because I think you can charge more for individual items and really have people break it down. And people understand that. People understand that, I think. Yeah, I think in general. And if someone is like, I want, like if you're, if you're shooting a Russian wedding where there's like 15 weddings, I'll be like, I'll just charge you for 10, 10 of them and I'll put them all Anytime in Anytime you can make <laughs> you things to. clear to someone yeah. and then you can do them a solid. Yeah. Like, you know, we're also trying to give ourselves opportunities to negotiate. Yep. So it's like, oh, how about I do this for you? Or how about, like, we all know there's a time and a place for that. It's yep. not most times and it's not most places, but there is a time and a place. If you make the value of what you're giving away clear. Yes. That person knows, they, they don't see it as I'm getting a crappy free speech that should be, that's overpriced anyway. They see it as getting a thousand dollars, even if it didn't cost you that. So it's like. Sales should make the customer feel good. Yeah. That's my opinion. They yeah. shouldn't walk away from it feeling like they got fleeced. They should feel like, I don't have a problem with the customer walking away from a sales cycle with us and feeling like they won, mm -hmm. that they did well. Yep. They didn't get cheated. I wasn't trying to take advantage of them. And also there are opportunities to delight people mm -hmm. and make them love you. And like any opportunity I can have to make you choose me over someone else, yep. which is like the actual thing we're all dealing with. If you think like I'm... Like, hey, I love you, Lindsay, Larev. If you come into New England, I want that wedding. I don't want you to have it. <laughs> like, I love you, by the way. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, if if a person's calling me, and then they're, and then they're also calling Lindsay, I want to know that I can compete. Yeah. I don't want that. It's oh, automatically Lindsay's better because yeah. everything in his package is structured better. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that I like about a lot of these a la carte items is they are higher priced items. Per hour, like yeah, making ceremony, your hourly rate more valuable. The hourly rate is much more valuable on all of these items. Um, the ceremony is going to cost probably like I can edit a ceremony in probably an hour. Yes, that's five hundred dollars an hour. Like my hourly rate when I'm shooting a wedding is not five hundred dollars an hour. So a lot of these items, the raw footage is free for you. <laughs> you already have it. You're giving. You're selling it for a thousand dollars. It's like restaurants selling booze. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, like where, that's where the profit is. It's like giving away bread if you had a bread tree in the background or in the back dooryard. <laughs> like it's just giving away something that you already have that you don't. It doesn't cost anything to produce. Um, so I, that's what I like about all these is they are just they're not necessarily higher priced items, but they're higher hour rate. Um, so that that's where we'll close, um, guys. We have a lot of events coming up yes. that I'm pretty excited about. Jason mentioned it before. We're going to be starting WFS Live again very shortly, um, which is going to be a weekly show that we're putting up on YouTube, uh, film critiques, website critiques, and hopefully overall entertainment. Um, we're currently sitting on our studio that is not quite done. There's no This ceilings. wall is painted. The, the wall is painted, hence why we're here. Uh, we have another table that is a lot nicer than this white one. Uh, and also, um, there's no floor in here. There's a lot of things going on. But once we get the studio up and running, we're going to be doing WFS Live, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Uh, we are also doing an event out in Vegas, Jason. Would you like to talk to them about our event that we're putting on out so, there? So WPPI is the Wedding Portrait Photographer International Conference. It's mostly for photographers, but there is a filmmaking component contest, all these things. I am judging in this contest, by the way, so I'm excited about that. Um, we got a ton of things going on out there. If you want to come and hang out with a bunch of great artists in Vegas, um, it's a lot of fun. You'll learn a lot. We have a filmmaking class, Handheld Filmmaking Basics, which, thank you so much, is sold out, unfortunately. Um, we, we feel bad, but it is sold out. And we're also going to be doing the Wedding Film Speakeasy. Anyone who's in Vegas who's a filmmaker, all you got to do is go to WeddingFilmSpeakeasy.com, sign up, and we will give you some secret information as it becomes available to you. 
Um, it's pretty much the only party for wedding filmmakers at WPPI, and so we're excited to be hosting that. Um, a lot of fun. And, of course, we have a class about systems. So this is, you just show up, and it's on the third, if you wanna know, because we're kinda talking systems today, you know, sales package yeah. systems, thinking systematically. And, and so we have, basically, we're gonna be talking about the systems you need to scale your business and the value of systems and what even is a system. So if you're interested at all in scaling your business and knowing what it takes to be sustainable, um, it's just about basically sustainable systems for your photo video business. So you can sign up for that as well. But either way, we just want to see you in Vegas and we're going to be doing a bunch of these other wedding film speakeasies all around, speakeasies, sorry, all around the country, New York City, um, all these different places. So if you are interested in that, stay tuned and keep listening to the show because we will give you details. Cool. Guys, follow us all the places, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, YouTube, where you can find a lot of awesome content. Um, and hopefully, if you haven't already, like Jason said, sign up for the Wedding Film Speakeasy in Vegas. And we'll see you next time here on the Wedding Film School Show.